Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We are going to continue in our series, Living Separate to the World. Apostle John says here, do not love the world. I'm reading from verses 15 through 17. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17, and the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen. Now, what I want to do today is move on to that last area, um, and that is the pride of life. And uh, the, the literal text actually says the boastful pride of life. Um, because of the two Greek words there, the word boastful or the words boastful and life can be translated in numerous ways and all of which are equally valid. So they had an enormous problem translating this last bit of this verse. Um, and so what I'm going to do right now is go through and read to you several versions before I talk about this. The King James, the New King James and the Revised Standard Versions say the pride of life. The New American Standard Bible says the boastful pride of life. The English Bible says all the glamour of its life. The American Bible says the life of empty show. The Jerusalem Bible says pride in possessions. All of these are valid. And the New International Version says the boasting of what man has and does. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, all of that is in that one little verse, okay? And it took so many translations to just get out just a couple of shades of meaning. I'm sure it goes on and on, okay? But I think you get the idea that, and, and this is, I guess this is one of the most difficult things to preach on in this church, because none of you are this way. Somebody say amen to that? Okay, amen, okay. I'm going to do my best anyway, so please don't take any of this personally, because I know you're not. Okay, amen, but there's a whole world out there, and uh, you know I need to minister to everybody. <laughs> my congregation goes well beyond these borders. So let me just begin and talk to you about some of these things. When The first thing, we understand the pride of life, but when you put the word boastful there, you begin to understand where this is coming from. It's a boasting. And that's the, that's the reason why, you know, it says here also the life of empty show. The boastful pride of life usually is when, when you are having to uh, um, parade all, you know, all your accomplishments in front of everybody via your mouth rather than your life. And if it's via your mouth, then we need to ask, what have you done lately? <laughs> you know, because a lot of times it's, it's, it's usually people are talking like that because they haven't done anything lately. And the people that are in the middle of doing things and that are involved in things, they don't want to say anything to anyone because they're involved in things. And, you know, they just want to be left alone because they've got work to do. You know, they don't have time to sit there and talk to you about all the things they've done. It's just like you watch and you decide if you want to see. And that's where real leadership comes from as well, you know. It's, it's not from boasting, it's from just doing. And people see you and they go, hmm, I, you know, I want to know more. And it's interesting when you talk to some of these people that just don't say anything, wow. When they start letting you know what they've done, you just go, wow, I had no idea. And that's exactly right. 
because they don't want to advertise because they're, see, they're not looking to gain importance from you. They are gaining their importance from what they're doing. Amen? Amen. Anyway, let's get back to this. So, it, it also, it says all the glamour of its life. The word glamorous, okay, um, they're always sort of, it's an outward show, really. All of the glamour, the show, is for other people. It's really interesting, you know. And, and that's something that I've began to understand as well. Because the, the world is always sort of competing with itself. People are always, you know, be, better than the You know, if the Joneses have it, then I've got to have one better. You know, it's always one of those sort of things. And, you know, with God, it says don't do those sort of things. And that's why, that's why the Apostle John is saying, be separate from the world. Be separate from those things. Don't get into that stuff. Because all of that stuff leads you down a road that ultimately will bring destruction into your life. Amen? And one of the things I also found is that when you start to boast in this way, then you've got to keep it up. Because, you know, once you blow your horn, then everybody's going, okay, well, we have these great expectations of you now. What are you doing? And then it's like, uh, nothing. Oh. And there is a fall on the other side because people lose all trust in you. All confidence just goes out the door and they just think that person, you know, they just talk a lot. They don't do much. Do you, know, you know what I'm trying to say? Amen? Okay. These are things that, like I said, it's very hard to preach to you guys because I know you guys don't do this. But you might know people that do. Okay. <laughs> the New American Bible, I like this. It says the life of empty show. I want to get on from this, but I just need to share some of these things. The life of empty show. It's really interesting. Have you, you know, the best thing I can equate this is to an Easter egg. You know them Easter eggs? You know the first time I saw an Easter egg, I looked at it and thought, oh my, OMG. I use the real words. Okay, <laughs> you know. I thought, that much chocolate, wow. And they've got like five or six, you know. It's just like, one would do me a month, you know, until I bit into it. And it was an Easter egg of empty show. That was, you know, it was just puffed up. There was nothing in there. You know, and I, and I think that really is what this is talking about. It's kind of that Easter egg kind of, you know, life that it's all glittery on the outside and it looks all big until you bite into it. There's no substance. You know, and we, have you ever tried crumbled an egg and see, seen how much it actually comes to? It's not a lot, is it? And then you look at the block of chocolates and you look at this egg and you... Compare the prices and you think, why didn't anyway? Anyway, all right, <laughs> not going there. <laughs> so, the next one also is pride in possessions. Now, this is a very, very strong one. We see a lot of this in the world. You know, people are defined by their possessions. Have you noticed that? You know, they want to have the biggest house, the best car, and, you know, the best cameras. I remember when we went to a function. And, uh, you know, family, okay? So, you know, they would have, one, somebody would pull out their camera and, you know, the other one would go, oh, is that a such and such? Oh, of course it is. You know, it's one of those ones. And then they'd go, and then they'd whip out theirs. And it's just like, oh, you got one of those? Oh, yes, 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 it's the latest one. But it was just, you know, you know when I was looking at this, I, I was just thinking, isn't it amazing how people, you know, they talk about their car and, oh, does it have all of these other things? And you can only do 60 
I don't care what it has in it. It has 3,000 horsepower and, and carbies and, and, and shock absorbers and air shock and whatever. You can still do 60. If you do 65, a cop will come around and pull you over and you get very embarrassed. So you're driving around in this awesome car, 60 miles, and this little old lady goes right past you, you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, you know, <laughs> in, in her old little whatever car, you know. It's just, you know what I'm trying to say, amen? And that's really what we need to understand. That's the reason why, you know, I just sort of think, there was a time I was like that, I'm sad to say. You know, I, I wanted that because I honestly, you know, I got taken in by the world before I was a Christian and all, okay? And I got taken in by it, and I, and I thought, oh, i got to have stuff. To impress people. Because people are impressed by stuff. And one day I realized that the, the, the thing that people are actually impressed by is not all the stuff around you, it's what's in you. The last one, from the New International Version, it says the boasting of what man has and does. I, Howard Marshall, sums it all up by saying that the phrase, the pride of life, conveys a strong hint of the ultimate emptiness of boasting. It describes a person who is constantly exaggerating about what they have and possess, all in an effort to impress other people. Now, can I show you the counterfeit of that? Since you guys have seen this now. You know what this is the counterfeit of? This is the counterfeit of all things are possible to him that believes. This is the counterfeit of, instead of trying to impress people, impress God. You know, when God says, you do this, then go, okay God, I'll, and, you know, even though you think you can't, you just say, alright God, since you've called me to it, then you'll anoint me, you'll equip me, I'm just going to, I'm willing to go out there, even make a fool of myself, but I know at the end of the day, I will succeed. Because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Amen? And so you get to this place where, see, that's the difference now. Now I'm saying, I don't care what people think. I'm going to push this to the limit. And why? Because God said. Not because it's making, making me look, in fact, it's the other way around. It may actually make me look like an idiot, you know, <laughs> in some things. But if you don't try, you won't ever get there. So you know what? Forget my reputation. Forget what I think about myself and what I think other people think about you. You might be surprised. Okay, <laughs> all right. Anyway, okay. I'm gonna. I'm going to. The only thing that is going to concern me from now on is what does God think about me? Am I going to get to heaven and is He going to hang His head and go, "What happened?" Or is He going to do? Going to go? Well done. Finally, <laughs> you know. One push through. Amen? And I know that all of you in, are in that category. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, all of you guys are in that category. Amen. That's why I said this is a hard one to preach to you guys, but amen anyway, I'm just telling you, alright? But can you see, I, I need you to see something here. Can you see, that the, can you see the counterfeit now? Can you see that there is a place in this? See, all Satan can ever do is take something that God put on the inside of you and then pervert it. See, he can't do anything that's not already there. So he's got to work with something that was already there. Do you understand? So God put that inside of us. It wasn't a boasting. See, the Bible says that my boast is in him. Not in myself. What did the devil do? He turned it around and said, boast about yourself. 
If you don't say it, they're gonna, not going to know about it. You need to put yourself out there. I'm getting out of screen. Are you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had to behave myself. You, you know, you need to put yourself out there. You need to do all of these things. And there is a sense of you do your best. Don't get me wrong. In everything, we excel. Do you understand? All right, I believe in that. That we just, you know, God said you are the light of the world. All right, not some dim little bulb underneath something. Okay, we are the light of the world. And he says the city that is set on a hill. That's pretty bright. Amen. Okay, so you need to understand that when I say this. But the thing is, if we are doing it with people on our mind, then that's a problem. We need to do it with God on our mind. Every time you do something, can I just tell you the secret to getting rid of all the anxiety? You go out there, when you do something, you say, God, I'm doing this as unto you. So the only audience is you, God. I don't care about all the people that are around me. It is you that I'm doing this to. So I want to do my best for you. Can I, can I just say what will happen? God will anoint you. Because you're doing it as unto Him. And then His glory will fall all over you. And then you'll begin to shine. And then you have to, you have to make sure that you don't think that's just you. Because people will say, wow, you're so amazing, you're so wonderful, and you're so dot, 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 whatever. And we have to be careful we don't let that go in, and that we take our eyes off God and go, I am, aren't I? Because that's exactly what Lucifer did. Do you hear me? Everything that he took credit for was everything that God put inside of him. It was given to him by God. And if, instead of acknowledging his creator, he began to love the gifts, not the giver. Amen? To me, if you are doing your very best to God, then you're there. Then it doesn't matter if they don't clap. Then it doesn't matter if they don't recognize you. It doesn't matter. Because as long as God sees you, then God will bless you. And if they are blind and don't see it, then he will give you something better. He will move you to something better. He will always do that. Do you understand? Amen. All right. Can we move? Are we good? Yes? Amen. Okay. Added to this, in his commentary, Simon J. Kissimaka points out that the first word boast means the boasting of a braggart or imposter. This boasting may even approach the point of arrogant violence. Now that's, that's really interesting. I have seen people that are boasting and they talk about things and people don't believe them. And then they get all angry. You know why? Because they're trying to sell a lie and people aren't believing it. See, when it's the truth, you don't care that much. You just think, you know what? It doesn't matter. If you believe me, you believe me. If you don't, you don't. I'm moving on because that's the truth. And by the way, you need to be that way. Okay? But I've noticed that the people that are trying to con you, they get angry when you don't believe them because they can't go to the next thing that they want to con you over until they can get you past this one. Right. And they have no substance. They have nothing to prove it with. Are you all with me? And this is the arrogant violence then that kicks in. You all here? Let's continue. The second word, life, denotes life with respect to actions and possessions. The person who brags about his deeds and goods express lust for advantage and status. Now we get a glimpse of this. I, I, I don't want to go on with this because I, I know you guys know what I'm talking about now. We get a glimpse of this in James chapter 4. And let me read verses 13 through 16. 
The Apostle James is talking, talking to his congregation. Christians. Amen? Okay, this is not to the world. Because the world doesn't read the Bible. Christians do. Okay. <laughs> he says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Verse 14. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Verse 16. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Do you understand why? He's saying to, he's, he's saying to these people, You guys are making your plans apart from God. You, you are so arrogant to think that you have control over what happens to your life, where it's going. You know, somebody said something recently that really got my attention. He said, you know, there is either serving God. And you know, I, I read this scripture to you guys when I was talking to you about when Jesus said, you can't serve God and money. Remember that? And you know, something that did escape me when I was looking at that was the fact that notice it didn't ever put yourself in there. A lot of people think they're serving themselves, but there's no such thing. There's no third option. There's only God or the devil. Get this now. If you, are, if you say, no, I don't want to serve God, I want to serve myself. No, you have just said, I'm not going to serve God. Therefore, automatically, you are serving the devil. Do you get this? And this is something that we need to understand. That's why the Apostle James is talking about something here. He's saying, listen, you guys are making your plans you know, apart from God. And you think that you are in control. And he's saying, do you not understand that if you make your, parts, uh, your plans apart from God, you are making your plans with the devil standing there. And he's guiding your hand. Because anything that you do that is not God, any path... That is not his will, is the devil's will. There is no your will. Do you get this? Because do you know why? Let me give you some insights into this. Not many people do. Let me give this to you. Because the devil is a master strategist. Remember the wiles of the devil? Remember we talked about that? Okay, his strategies. He's a master strategist, which means this. The only way that he can control your life is if you don't give that control over to God. Do you get, that's why the Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Do you know why they need to be ordered? Because we're in a cursed world. If we weren't in a cursed world, it's not a problem. But we are. Which means that it's kind of like walking through a minefield. You know, <laughs> the steps of the guy walking through the minefield are ordered by the guy who knows where all the mines are. Does that work? Okay. So when you say, you know what? I want to go my own way. Have you ever seen that? When somebody goes, oh no. Ah, and, they start, and everybody goes, oh, that guy's dead. I mean, we, well, can, can we all be honest? We just go, that's one, another one dead. Oh, who's next? We don't even have to look. And next thing we know, boom. You know, and there's pieces everywhere. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. But you know what I'm trying to say? No, seriously. We don't get this. We don't see this a lot of times. But that's what this world is like. That's why the Apostle John is saying, don't get attached to the thing. 
Okay? Because, because we need God to order our steps because it is a literal minefield. Principalities and powers and rulers and remember all the things in Ephesians chapter 6. Why we need the armor. Amen? And so that's the reason why that these people think that they're making their plans. They think that, oh, you know what, we know how to make our plans and we know what. You have no idea. All it takes is one car crash. Or somebody, you know, a shark. <laughs> have you seen the news lately? Okay, you know. <laughs> uh, you don't know what is going to happen to you. Do you know you can just slip and fall in the bathroom? Hello? I'm just telling you, the things that can happen are endless. And as much as you think you're in control, sweetheart, you are not. You are not that smart. Are you here? Because you are dealing with a being that has been around since he was created a long, long, long time ago. He has dealt with so many people. I mean, people that have thought they were the smartest on the planet. He has just dealt with them and just been nothing to him. He has got experience like you would not know. So how do you defeat that? You go to God and say, God, what do I do? You know, I have a good idea. Uh, what's yours? Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know if I'm being manipulated in my ideas. Amen. I told you he's a master strategist. Huh? He'll set things up to make it look like you came up with an idea. And while you're thinking you're so... Isn't that the counterfeit of when God tells you to do something? You know, and you do it. And people go, wow, that was a brilliant idea. How would you just come up with that? And when you say that, God, they all switch off. The crickets go off in their head. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's the only way I can put it. It's a funny thing, you know. That's why I'm very careful of how I um, communicate that information to people. You know. But... And you too, be careful, okay? See, you don't have to tell people all the time. God doesn't get upset. The thing is, draw them close, and then when they ask you when the time is right, then you can talk to them. Amen? Amen. Whereas mostly Christians, by what they say, push people away. And then they're trying to witness to them. They don't want to know you. You're weird. <laughs> okay? You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, so, you know. But the thing is, when you do something extraordinary... As far as the power of God goes, and they think it's weird, that's different. That weirdness will stick with them. Are you all here? Amen? Alright, I don't have time to get into that right now because I'm out of time basically. So, I want you to see what is, what is being said here in, in light of the pride of life. In light of you know, us making decisions, in light of us deciding that we know better. And I, again, I know all of you don't do this, but I'm, I'm just talking to the audience out there, okay? That we, we always think that we're in control. But let me tell you something. The only way that you can succeed is to find out what God had planned for you and the safe path that, there, that exists. And it's not just safe. Can I say this? The path that God sets for you isn't just safe, but it has blessings on it as well. It's like every time you take a step, instead of something blowing up, Something blesses. They're both bees, but they're different bees. Blow up, blessing. Blow up, blessing. Pick. <laughs> Amen? You get to choose which bee you want today. Amen? And that's the thing. You know, and I've found that, that as you walk the path that God sets for you, it's blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And that's what's incredible, because when you're walking that path, 
things just go higher and higher. But it's funny when you go the other path, how things just get messed up more and more. And there are people today that are still paying for their messes 20 years ago. And all those that happen after that as well. It says, you know, I, I didn't realize this, you know, until not long ago that people out there, man, they are just living. To them, normal is nothing like what your normal is. You know, when we have something bad that happens, to us it's like, how dare this happen? <laughs> you know? And we just get up there and we just start fighting it and everything else. To people out there generally, something bad, you know, if, when something good happens, that's, that's the exception. The rule is, yeah, generally speaking, you know, somebody had a saying and I won't say it. You know, life's very bad and then you die. Okay? <laughs> that, sort of, that kind of mentality. But with us, it's not. Life is a blessing. And then we go into eternity. It gets better. Hallelujah. All right. Now, notice in this, let me finish off with this, uh, okay, that these people are unlike the business, not unlike the business men and women today that are puffed up in pride because of their self-importance and material possessions and ever willing to parade it all in front of others in an effort to impress and influence them. Now, just to keep things in balance, I. Howard Marshall rightly points out, clearly all people need possessions. And therefore, it cannot be wrong to want and take pleasure in what God has provided for our needs. Do you understand? Amen? What God has provided. Not what you saved up, you bought just because you could show it off. There's a difference. Okay. And again, uh, you know, especially in light of Philippians 4.19. You know, God shall supply all in need according to his riches and glory. But when I begin to desire more than other people, to covet whatever I see, to boast of what I have... And to claim that I am self-sufficient. Then my desires have become perverse and sinful. And stand condemned. John's teaching stands as a timeless warning against materialism. As he says again in 1 John chapter 2 verses 15 and 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Amen? Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for your word.